0: More like radio, less like crap.
1: Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink.
0: I blame this all on
2: Kevin, DMU.
1: Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin?
2: We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he, was, he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blazed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid. He's Polish weird place. Polish last video. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's?
0: Alcohol, my body. Alcohol, my body. I shove
2: alcohol in my butthole. That's not it?
0: Nothing to do with butthole.
2: I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like drinking a vitamin.
0: So you're blaming the drunkard yes i'm blaming the mlr drunkard
2: hello bartender i have thought it over and far from being a fat pig you are very nice and i would like another drink like a barf drunky
1: It is too goddamn cold in here today. Jesus! For some reason, there is just like minimal heat in the uh, upper floor of this house right now, and I'm I'm actually wearing gloves. I'm I'm really fucking cold. Uh, I mean, I I got a haircut yesterday, but that that should not account for the the frigidness that I'm feeling right now. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. Episode number sh- number 93. This is the last episode of 2014. Uh, as always, if you're listening live, pop into the chat, com slash live. And if you're listening via podcast, you can check me out live every Tuesday night, blah, 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 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and of course, Skype, alcohol by volume, all one word, or the dial-up phone number for uh, those kids that still use phones for uh, making phone calls, Eight six two three four five seven one two five. That's eight six two. Alcohol. Uh, normally, I know I start off my shows kind of going on, you know, what I purchased over the past week and blah blah blah. blah. Uh, this week, I'm starting a little bit different because I actually got a uh, Indiegogo reward for um, a um, uh, Indiegogo fundraiser that I submitted to a long ass time ago some of you may remember it it was called prime the uh hangover preventing supplement and <coughs> i i contributed i don't know maybe like five, uh, 10 bucks or something to it and that got me i think was it four, one, two, three, yeah four packets of this stuff basically what it says in the back Consume one serving of Prime in water for every four alcoholic beverages you drink to fight and prevent hangovers. Of course, these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, I mean, it comes—it comes in a sleek little packet, um, not unlike, uh, I guess, like if you. Um, Like, I don't know, like crystal light drink packets, things kind of like that. Uh, Any kind of powdered drink looks kind of like that. The supplement facts that we have here serving size is one packet, as I would hope it would be. Uh, Potassium, 10% daily value. Vitamin B6, 8,800% daily value. I think that is where they really pack the punch there with the vitamin B6. Uh, active ingredients, 2,000 milligrams of potassium chloride, 665 milligrams, blah, 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 you know, going in there. Just uh, glutamine, uh, glutathione, uh, more vitamin B6. And other ingredients, stevia, natural and artificial flavors. Now, that that is the thing I'm curious about. It says to mix it in with water. Now initially, I was thinking this might have been kind of a, a flavorless thing that you maybe mixed into your first drink, uh, you know, during the evening or something like that. But it says mix it into water. So um, I have a glass of water right next to me here. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be drinking. I'm probably only drinking, like, three beers tonight. Uh, one of them is a pint, though, so close enough. Um, but I, I want to try this stuff because I'm actually curious about the, the taste. I'm curious how the taste goes. And I probably should have brought some sort of spoon. But I think I have a screwdriver, and that will uh, do the job. Actually, wait. Do I have my... Damn. Um, let me see if I can move my mic a little bit. I used to have these drink stirrers, and I don't know what the hell I did with them. Probably packed up in a box somewhere right now. Um, they yeah, they were like a uh, hockey stick drink stirrers, metal ones. Those would have come in very handy right now. But let's crack this pouch open. It it's, it's packed really tightly, so I'm making sure I open it over the uh, over the glass. Because where the split is to open it, there is powder there. So, uh, I mean, it looks like uh, looks like powder. Looks uh, suspiciously like cocaine, actually. Did they just send me cocaine through an Indiegogo? If so, awesome. Wow, that is as it. Wow, the one the pieces that clump together are just really dropping through the water. So there's some good uh, good mass in this. Okay, let me find something to stir this. Uh, actually, no, that screwdriver probably won't work too well. Not long enough. Uh, problem I encounter all the time. Uh, let's try these pair of scissors here. I don't think I've been using these on anything toxic. Um, you know, it's making the making the water a little bit cloudy. Uh, not unlike maybe like Alka-Seltzer or something like that. Um, let me wipe these off on something. Uh, what the fuck do I have in here? I don't have... I think with the messes that I am want to make in here, I might, uh, I don't know, actually have paper towels or something like that in here. I mean, you know, to be fair, it's not like I'm having somebody pissing in a chair or, you know, gargling piss or anything like that. So, you know, perhaps the need for for paper towels is not that immediate. But, ugh, okay. So, um, uh, there's there's still a decent amount of clumping in the bottom, but I think as I get closer to the bottom... Provided this is not horrible tasting, um, I'll be able to kind of swish it around a little bit. So let's let, let let's let's judge this like I might a beer. So this is this is prime, the scientifically proven hangover preventer. Preventer is that one? I already threw away the uh, the packet. Let me see. Uh, the scientifically proven hangover preventing supplement. And I actually even got like a hand signed uh, hand signed thing from the. The founders, uh, let's see, Marlowe Miller and Walter Thornburg, founders of the Prime Company. So I think that was kind of cool. So let's take a whiff here. Kind of hard to pick up on anything, really. So let's just chug this. Ooh, I wouldn't... Hmm. See, it's kind of weird. I would not call it horrible. It's not something I drink for pleasure. But... It's... It's not pleasant. Um, very kind of chalky. Uh, ar- very artificially sweet kind of thing. and th- That makes sense kind of with the stevia going on. Um, and I'm a little disappointed that even swishing it around the... Uh, Deposit at the bottom isn't doing much, but you know what? I've done worse on this show. I've drank worse on this show. Drank worse for entertainment. Remember that forty? Um, let's see if I can get a little bit more of this down. Uh, uh, it. I don't know, and and I'm wondering if I've like. I don't know how much water have I gotten. I, I think I poured maybe about a pint of water, so I maybe used too much water too. Which, then again, it would, you'd think it would disperse the flavor a little bit. Now, I'm not besmirching the potential effectiveness of this stuff. I'm just saying eh, the taste ain't much to write home about here. And I am not doing a vodka tampon show, uh, Roy Black on crack. I will leave that for other radio hosts who uh, supposedly have done that before. <laughs> Almost done with the glass. And it's got to be careful I don't get the big deposit of sediment at the bottom here. Of course, nothing will compare to the uh, little mini vodka show, which will never, ever be repeated, but will indefinitely end up in uh, uh, best subs for the rest of this show's lifetime. So... With any luck, after having consumed that and hopefully having consumed enough, uh, I mean, most of it did dissolve, um, I should uh, not have a hangover tomorrow. Um, now, typically, I don't get hungover after show nights. I, I, I very rarely get really hungover after drinking. Um, I may wake up with a little bit of a headache, and usually that's just dehydration. And I uh, go upstairs, chug some water. Uh, maybe down an ibuprofen or two, and then I'm back to sleep, and I'm fine. Uh, but I don't get you know headache, you know it, like blinding headache, puking, and everything like that. Um, but I do sometimes feel a bit sluggish the next morning after drinking. Perhaps sometimes that is as a result of the shitty food that comes along with the drinking. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how this works. The uh, maybe maybe the vitamin B will uh i don't know give me give me a little more pep in my step tomorrow morning for uh my regular morning run and I, I i've been off from work since the 23rd and i think i've actually still gone out to run every fucking morning every day that i've been off um shit did i even do it on, i think i even did it on christmas morning i very i very well may have i don't remember now i know i did it Christmas Eve. Uh, I probably did it Christmas morning, too. I, I'm a horrible, horrible person. No, but I, I stuck around for my kids opening their presents and everything. And If I did go running that day, I did it well, well after that. Um, okay, so uh, let me get back to the show as scheduled. Uh, what I'm drinking right now, if you uh, follow me on Untapped, you saw this. I'm, I picked up a four-pack of carton boat beer... Uh, What day did I pick that up? It was the day I had to go out shopping for foods, And actually, I think that may have been yesterday. So yeah, I picked this up yesterday at the liquor store. Uh, Whenever I see it, I have a tendency to grab it. It's a a very solid session ale. Low alcohol, 4.2%. The IBU on it, it's only 35, but it actually feels like it might be more than that. It has a nice, crisp bitterness to it. But uh, I, I've talked about it before, so I was happy to pick that one up. Uh, anytime I see anything from Carton, I am usually, you know, I usually am tempted to pick it up, and then I cannot resist and it ends up in my cart. I picked up one more thing that uh, will be popping up in a upcoming YouTube review. Um, and speaking of that, if you saw my Saturday review. One of my all-time favorite beers on there, Boulder Beers Shake Chocolate Porter. Absolutely love that frickin' beer, and uh, I actually wish I had gotten a couple more growlers of it, but I do still see the bottles of it uh, here and there in the stores, so might have to pick up some of that. Um, I can't remember if... You know what, this might have been between last show... And this show, I, I had picked up another gingerbread beer from another um, New Jersey brewery, Bolero Snort. It was the uh, Ginger Bowl Cookie uh, Brown Ale. I think that's the order of words for the name. Because I've, I've been all over the place with these gingerbread beers. And another great one, uh, only came in a four pack. Uh, I think the four pack was probably about 10 bucks. I usually start to expect that for some of the local beers that are a little bit more limited and don't distribute as much, but was very happy with that. It still was not quite as good as Gingerbread Head, but it was probably the second best one that I have had this season. Um, that that's going to be my new holiday thing: the gingerbread beers. I I cannot help it with that. Um, I want. Uh, I I let's see. I had I had Harpoon. I had uh, shipyard harpoon bolero snort. Um, Goddamn! I know there was a there was another one. Um, fuck! I'm completely completely blanking on it. But I, I I know I've had like four or five different gingerbread beers this season, and that that is my new thing. Fuck! Fuck pumpkin! Fuck pumpkin! My my thing is gingerbread now. Um, but it, back, to, back to the Bolero Snort, I know the um, uh, liquor store that I go to for my growlers, they have it on tap right now, and today and tomorrow, $5 off all growlers for, you know, end of the year kind of thing. So I think I may have to go up there with a uh, couple of empties, and hopefully they still have the Bolero Snort. I know they got some stuff from Kane Brewing. They got some stuff from uh, Angry Eric Brewing, another, another local brewery out here. Uh, I know they have at least one thing from Carton there So I always, I always love, love, love getting growlers filled And especially if it's something that I typically cannot find in bottles uh, The Bolero Snort I only saw once in one location uh, I don't usually see Bolero Snort on the shelves out here Mostly I see them at beer festivals So, But taking my opportunity I'm going to get that, uh, that growler filled tomorrow hopefully uh, oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. The prime. The prime is. Uh, prime is making me burp right here now. And I, I'm, I'm surprised nobody made the joke that I only supported the the Indiegogo because the name Prime because I'm in love with Optimus Prime or something. I, I'm I'm disappointed in you guys because it, I I would have thought somebody would have would have thought of that. I mean, shit. I just thought of that right now. Would have figured somebody else would have been waiting on that for a while. But on top of. Uh, the Carton Boat beer that, I, uh, that I'm that i drinking right now, I also picked up a six-pack of Magic Hat Number 9 because the one time I had that before, I got it a bottle and a build of six, I realized, why the hell have I not been drinking this? This is a really good, solid beer. So, picked up a six of that, and then a beer that I... Um, going through my research on Untapped, I I fell in love with this one almost uh, not quite well it was about a year ago and then add another half a month the first time I tried it according to untapped was on December 15th 2013 and that is Duclaw's sweet baby Jesus I actually had not had a bo- or, um not necessarily a bottle but I had not had um, actually yeah I think it may have been a bottle uh since maybe the early summer and it, being one of my favorite beers I figured it, well overdue so I needed I needed to get a sixer of that and when I opened the first bottle I oh it all came right back to me so so fucking good um that that is if if it wasn't for the fact that it is a porter that would probably end up as like a desert island beer for me but wouldn't want a porter for my Desert Island beer because after a while that would just get to be a bit too much. Um, and then I also got one that I've seen in passing here and there from a brewer that has tended to be hit or miss with me, but lately I've gotten more hits out of them. Horny Goat Brewing, they have a black vanilla um, IPA, or rather it's a... Vanilla black IPA or something like that. It it it's a it's a it's a. I think it is definitely a black IPA, but I uh, want to make sure I have the the name proper on this one. In case anybody is curious about uh, checking it out, horny goat. Uh, let's see, vanilla. That should do it. Uh, yep, horny goat black vanilla, IPA. Um. It's one of their limited edition ones. It comes in a four-pack. Uh, basically, they kind of tout it as for the people that are maybe a little bit more adventurous and want to try special things that they're doing kind of thing. Um, and it, the the um, the ratings, on at least on Beer Advocate, are solid enough. You know, good ratings on it. I, I tend to like black IPAs. Th- those were those were a really good jumping point for me when I was getting into IPAs because they were a little bit more malt forward. Oh, thank you, Roy Black on Crack. Also uh, posted in the uh, chat there the uh, link for Untapped Horny Goat Brewing uh, Black Vanilla IPA. Um, and the the more malty IPAs like either like the black IPAs or the double IPAs that were a little bit more malt forward. Those were a big gateway for me into the IPAs. <clears throat> uh, probably the double IPAs more so, and the black IPAs came after. But this one, I, I was curious about the addition of the vanilla. There's another There's another uh, uh, pale ale that I've seen, and I, uh, I want to say it's like either the brewer is called Ass Kisser or the beer itself is called Ass Kisser. But it's a vanilla... Pale Ale, something like that. Um, I bet I can find that. I'm beer advocate, probably, too. Although, maybe Roy Black on Crack can. Uh, it's either Ask Kisser or Ask Kicker. Uh, let's see. Ask Kisser. No. So let's try Ask Kicker. Because I think there is a donkey on the label. Okay, maybe it's two words. Um, I could be completely fucking off. Uh, vanilla Pale Ale? How about that? Uh, oh, Ask Kisser Vanilla Pale Ale, and actually, it says it's retired, so maybe I will want to. Oh nope. Okay, you know what? They actually call it Zidonka now. Zidonka Vanilla Pale Ale from Ask Kisser Ales out of uh, California. Uh, not wow. Very little info on Beer Advocate. No real reviews. Um, only some numbers on it. Uh, no aggregate on it. That's actually kind of interesting. Um, ah, Roy Black on crack hits it. There we go, an untapped ass kisser ales. Um, so let's see. Yeah, uh, they got a porter pounder. <laughs> uh, Royal dunk double IPA, stubborn Jack, smoked porter. I'm seeing if uh, anybody has checked in on the... Uh, there we go, the vanilla pale ale. Somebody here gave it uh, four and a half stars at least on... Uh, on beer advocate so i i've been curious about that because it does seem to be a nice twist the the vanilla into the pale ale you don't really see that too typically um but this is not that this is this is a black ipa with vanilla the vanilla is very very subtle in there but you pick up on it it it, it's got the nice roastiness you expect in a black ipa really hits you with the bitterness though too so there's there's a good balance there uh a, a good one from horny goat would i necessarily get it again um maybe i'd have to be in the right mood for it i probably want to get that zedonka Zidon- uh, first to see how that vanilla comes across in it i know sometimes I, I guess it depends on how refined one's palate is you know picking this kind of stuff up but i i i liked it um not not one of my beers of the year, which I'm gonna be getting into, but uh, definitely definitely a tasty beer that I'm glad I tried. So I, I speaking of you know beers of the year lists, I was looking up a lot of the the best new beers of 2014 lists on a lot of the different beer sites that I go to um, and, in, and just in general, you know food and beverage kind of websites. And I was annoyed at how, for, for the most part, most of them were lists of beers that don't get wide distribution. It, it was stuff that I had never actually heard of before. Now, that, does, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know, well, if I haven't heard of it, it must not be shit. No, no, no. I'm not saying I've heard of every beer out there, but... Chances are, if it's something that gets any kind of decent wide distribution and isn't just, you know, draft only at the pub down the street on Wednesdays from six to nine p.m., you know, something like that. Um, I, a lot of these, I just I had no fucking clue. Um, I'm trying to remember which which site it was. Um, it, it it was it was one of, it was one of my favorite sites for uh, for grabbing material from. And let me see here. Uh, let me open this up in the tab and see if I can find anything. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Uh, well, those are they, well. That's an interesting one. Celebratory beers to drink on New Year's Eve. But again, it, like it, it's a great list from FirstWeFeast.com I'm talking about ten celebratory beers to drink on New Year's Eve. And I thought, oh, okay, a list. We love a list. This would be great. And I can't say that I have seen um, well maybe one, two and possibly three, three of these like one is a um St Bernardus beer. One's from Rogue, and um, if if you've seen this one, you will instantly know it. Uh, it's the Morimoto Imperial Pilsner. It comes in that white bottle, has a bottle cap on top, but it it basically has the um, the uh, plug cap. I don't know what, the swing top, the swing top. That's what it is. Has a swing top on it. I know I've seen that here and there. Uh, Hidachino Nest Celebration Ale. I'm almost positive I've seen that. But then you end up with was like uh, Dupont avec long. Le Bon Vu, uh, Phantom Saison. Um, that, I think I've seen it passing on a beer site somewhere. Uh, Deus Brut de Flanders. I mean, it sounds cool, but it, it it's stuff that, I mean, it's beermenus.com staff Cicerone, John Feder- uh, Federico. And. I don't know, like, the stuff, like, those kind of lists come across as highly inaccessible for me. Um, okay, you know what, it it definitely was not this site, so that leads me to believe that it could have been this site? Although, possibly not. If I don't find it on this one, I'm just gonna say fuck it and be like, eh, whatever, I don't give a shit. Um so many of the lists come off as you know a too cool for the room kind of thing stuff that probably 90% of us out there are not going to find not going to see and probably would not have even heard of if it was not for such lists. So my list that I did, which I I'll, I'll be getting to uh, shortly um, depending on how the press clippings and everything kind of go. Uh, may start up with that after the break. Um, mine are significantly more accessible. Uh, wider distribution because that's usually what I see here. I mean, there's there's a couple on there that, mm, like one, one was sold only at the brewery. Okay, fine. Uh, one, I think, was a draft-only offering that I got from a growler. So I mean, not impossible to find, um, and another. What I only got to taste at a festival, and the brewery is rumored to be um, offering it in cans in the coming year. So, okay, there are a few on there that are not your wide distribution, but the bulk of the list, I think people are gonna recognize the names, and even if they maybe not have not seen the beer, they're gonna recognize the name of the brewer. And you know stuff like that so and, and and most of these on here are are beers that I've talked about at length on the show, so chances are listeners of mine will be familiar with this stuff but um uh, start off with some of the little press clippings here uh our our good pal sherry who was the uh, photographer for. Quite possibly the uh, the hottest uh, Christmas card I've ever received in my life, and uh, have the have the hot hotness of a picture sitting right on my mixer, actually, because it's 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 just so damn hot. And I I, I know I'll get questions about it, but I don't give a shit because I'm happy with the that uh, large package from this Christmas. <laughs> Goddamn Mitch, but um. Uh, Sherry would probably enjoy this. This is from firstwefeast.com. A New York dairy is making bona fide wine ice cream that actually clocks in at 5% ABV. So there, there is actually alcohol in this. This is not just mocking the flavor. As the article states, Mercer's, a family-owned creamery and dairy in Boonville, New York, and if you're uh, interested in looking them up, it's mercersdairy.com, M E R cersdairy.com Dairy.com uh, In Boonville, New York Has made a hybrid of two of our favorite things to consume Wine and ice cream This isn't just wine flavored ice cream Like I said The dessert is 5% ABV Which means our dream of turning up while feasting on ice cream Has finally become a reality Mercer's wine ice cream is available In the following eight varietals Cherry Merlot Chocolate Cabernet Peach White Zinfandel Port, red raspberry Chardonnay, Riesling, spice, and strawberry sparkling. The ice cream also has a butterfat content of fifteen percent, which means it is premium. Um, which let's see, they have a link here that uh, kind of g- goes into that definition. Uh, what what means. Premium premium ice cream generally has between 11% and uh, 15% butterfat and 60% to 90% overrun, which is the air that is pumped into the ice cream. This creates a denser, heavier, creamier, richer, and more caloric product, oh boy, than regular ice cream and is reflected in the price. Super premium ice cream has even more butterfat, greater than 14%, some having up to 18% and more, and less overrun from as low as 20% up to 80%. Premium and super premium ice creams come in more complex flavors in addition to the basic ones. The super premium category includes smaller companies that make interesting gourmet flavors. In addition to lower overrun and greater butterfat, the third way in which a super premium ice cream can be made more rich is by using an egg custard base, which is known as French or French-style ice cream. Then, of course, you have regular ice cream. Um, let's see. How are, these are the flavors most sold in bulk in supermarkets. Uh, do, 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 do. Then economy ice cream. Uh 10% butterfat, the minimum USDA standard. Uh, light ice cream, 50% less fat or 33% fewer calories. Um, read labels carefully. The light ice creams of a super premium brand often often have more calories than the regular ice cream of other brands. Then you have a reduced fat ice cream. So that that explains ice cream. This is not a show about ice cream, but I'm talking about uh, wine ice cream. So this is a premium premium ice cream. So they say further proof that we need to try this. The wine ice cream was the winner of the best new product award at the great American dessert expo in Atlanta. Apparently you can order the wine ice cream by calling one eight, six, six Mercer's. That's a one, eight, six, 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 three, seven, two, three, seven, seven. Um, how far they will deliver. I wouldn't know what to tell you. Um, I know when I got um um from uh was it Tipsy Pints um I think that was the the name of it um the like the kind of beer and spirit infused ice cream that I had tried uh had I had I tried that one at a festival I think I had tried them at a festival and then I was able to order them online um the reason I was able to get that was because they were in New York and I did have to pay an additional shipping fee This is also in New York, so I'm wondering, you know, if Sherry was wanting to ship this to Minnesota, uh, what kind of cost is going to end up there? Um, Let's see. Uncork your merry holiday special. Oh, okay. You know what? Um, Mail order right on here. Um, They are featuring... uh, Oh, okay. The promo code expired yesterday, but... This gives you an idea here. Buy a minimum of five pints and get an additional pint free. Thirty-nine seventy-five plus shipping. That's actually not too bad. Uh, they have a six pint sampler pack. God damn. So let's see here. Let's look on. Let's look on their site here and see if it uh, if they have a way to actually purchase on here. It does not. Um, it's hard to say. What about? Uh, No, Mercer's on the move. Uh, They're trying to go for a little cow thing there. They have traditional ice cream, too. Uh, uh, Burgundy cherry ice cream, butter pecan, chocolate ripple, caramel pecan, praline. Oh, God, speaking of pralines, has anybody had the uh, chestnut praline latte at Starbucks? God damn, that thing is fucking amazing. Uh, If they had a sugar-free variety of that, i would be completely fucked. Um... Nah, okay, but if you want to check that out, mercersdairy.com very, very interesting, Uh, if I was more of a wine person, I probably would be tempted to grab that sampler, and then, you know the weight that I have not gained, uh, thankfully during the uh, holiday season, then, then I would manage to put it all on, (sighs) and hate myself, and have to run even more, and blah, 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 you guys don't give a shit about that um out of CBS Detroit, Bells has issued a recall over some bottles of their mercury. Now, before you all panic, those of you that uh, have access to Bells beers and are not in Michigan, the bottle recall is only in Michigan. Um, again, from CBS Detroit, West Michigan produced craft beers being recalled, but it's not the brew that's the problem, it's the bottle Uh, Kalamazoo-based Bell's Brewery is recalling specific bottles of mercury, the winged messenger, which may contain a slight glass defect on the outside lip that could result in small pieces breaking away. This recall was initiated after a customer contacted Bell's directly about an issue when removing the crown. No one was injured. An internal investigation traced the potential defect to a single pallet of glass bottles received by Bell's. Bell's did not specify exactly how many bottles are included in the recall, which applies only to bottles purchased in the following counties. Again, all Michigan counties. Um, For my friends back home, like in Macomb County, well, Macomb is uh, on the recall list. So if you're listening and you're in Michigan and you bought some mercury, uh, well, if you're opening it, just watch your mouth. Be careful. Or give it back to Bell's. The company, which does not manufacture its bottles, say it's been working with the supplier to further protect the safety of its customers we have zero tolerance for any glass defects, and while the chances are small that this could come up again, we're doing everything we can to address the situation and making sure all bottles are immediately pulled from store shelves and distributor warehouses. Laura Bell, Bell's vice president, said in a vice. Or, yeah, <laughs> Bell's vice president said in a statement, "Customers with re- recalled products should not drink the beer. And that's, I mean, that's safe. I'd say you don't want to be drinking glass." Uh, customers should also not attempt to return the beer to the store it was purchased at to obtain a refund contact bells directly at two six nine three eight two two three three eight or visit bellsbeercom slash mercury recall i would hope that they will be able to then get you some more mercury because i know that that particular planets line has been highly highly sought after speaking of bottles um, not quite related but when I was at the store where I bought my boat beer yesterday I saw this and I, c- I can't remember the name of the brewery but I bet I could bring this up on Beer Advocate too I believe well, then again it may be the name of the brewery uh, it was Laughing Buddha and the uh, the bottle was actually like a Laughing Buddha uh, let's see if I can find this here uh, maybe not Um, I mean, they had six-packs. They hadn't the build a six-pack selection. I was very, very, very tempted to pick some up. Um, Here we go. Laughing Buddha Beer. Um, Hmm. It's not Funky Buddha. It's definitely Laughing Buddha. Now, is that Seattle? Hmm. I am no. Nah, these news articles ain't helping me here. But I did. F- I. am almost positive this. Uh, this image that I found. Yeah. Um, I honestly have no idea what um this im this image looks like. Oh, there we go. Okay. God damn it, little Matt. He got it. Jesus, dude. That I. I am almost positive that is the one. Um, Yeah. okay, he said, pretty odd beer, bit watery, the bottle's cool as fuck. That is exactly why I wanted to get it, just because of the bottle. It didn't seem like it was any kind of special beer, but, um, what the hell is the, what the hell is the name of the brewery on it, though? Um, I, I see the name Lucky on it. Is it, is it, like, Lucky Buddha? Is that what it would be? Um, maybe that's it, uh... Come on, beer advocate, work for me here. Buddha. Of course, that's probably going to give me Funky Buddha all over the goddamn place. Um, funky Buddha. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't want Funky Buddha. I want uh, Lucky Buddha. And, of course, by the time I tab back the chat, little Matt will probably have the answer for me right there. Uh, oh, nope, not yet. Uh, lucky Buddha. Oh, son of a bitch is it australia it's australian no wonder little matt knew okay so i i discovered an australian beer here this week impressive uh the beer advocate score is 64 so it's a poor the bros say it's a 70 it's okay it's a euro pale lager 4.8 percent abb um <laughs> reviews encompass uh practically water but not offensive um Somebody says this was just beer. There wasn't anything particularly good or bad about it. The bottle's great; and makes it worth buying at least once, but only once. I think that is. I think that is probably what I'd do. And because it was in the build of six selection, um, you know what? I think it, maybe I'll head back there tomorrow just to get a bottle of it, simply because it is a really damn cool looking bottle. If if you're not in the chat, um, uh, look up look up Lucky Buddha, and y- you'll find it out of uh, was it Sydney, Australia? I think. Um, and Yeah, Little Matt's right. Two in two weeks. It's two Australian beers in two weeks, and I'm not, I'm not doing this on purpose. Just it just seems to happen that way. I mean, uh, Little Matt's uh, Little Matt's bringing some kind of vibe to the show, uh, getting the Australian beers going with us like that. But yeah, it, yeah, I, I, I'm fuck it. I'm I'm gonna buy it, provided they still got it there, and uh, I'm I'm not expecting a great beer out of it, but I'm expecting a great bottle because it is a really cool looking bottle. Um, it, it, it's it's a laughing buddha that is what it is um yeah little matt has a good point uh two in two weeks as opposed to zero in 92 weeks well you know we we, we can't all be uh gustav Nyquist, can we you know uh, so let's see here oh so, uh, strangely enough <laughs> wow this wasn't planned at all was it um uh, this is a story out of uh, Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Restaurants find as beer towers pop up around Sydney. This is from the Daily Telegraph. It's the new dining gimmick that has seen trouble brewing. <laughs> you, you know, there are better puns that you people can use when it comes to doing beer news stories. It's always, you know, uh, trouble brewing or there's something brewing. Or um, uh, well, that's that's just about it. That's all they seem to use. They're they're uncreative fucks. Uh, it was Jim O'Rourke from the Sunday Telegraph. But I digress. Three-liter beer towers, which let patrons pour their own drinks, have been appearing in popular eating houses across the city. Uh, I'll pop into the chat here. Um, what's a Gustav Nacht? Ah, qu- no. oh. disowned, disowned, little Matt, disowned. Um, this is a beer tower. Um, restaurants have been hit with massive fines by government alcohol inspectors for letting patrons get drunk. Wasn't that kind of the point of serving beer? Um, officials from the Office of Liquor Gaming and Racing have also cracked down on restaurant owners for letting patrons, quote, self-serve hard spirits at their tables. Okay, that might be a problem. The Bangkok Thai restaurant in Sydney's Chinatown was hit with a $3,000 fine for allowing patrons to overindulge. Customers had a beer tower, also known as a beer tube, at their table and were pouring drinks without supervision by staff. OLGR Director of Compliance Anthony Kean said the restaurant breached responsible service of alcohol laws by using beer towers, quote, which encouraged the misuse and abuse of alcohol. Inspector saw a young drunken woman at the restaurant in George Street, popular with patrons of the nearby Capitol Theater, unable to talk properly, needing help to go to the toilet, leaning on a table for support, and then falling into the lap of another patron. As well as the beer tower, there were open bottles of spirits on the table so patrons could help themselves to a drink. All licensed venues are required to adopt and encourage responsible attitudes and practices towards the promotion, service, and consumption of alcohol, Mr. Keon said allowing patrons to self-serve alcohol without appropriate supervision increase the risk of intoxication and alcohol-related harm. On the website of a Sydney-based beer tower retailer, it boasts they can also hold up to three liters of wine, cider, champagne, mixed drinks, and cocktails, and are a, quote, proven way to increase beverage sales. Now, I, I, will, I will agree. Having, having the bottles of spirits on the table and allowing them to pour them whenever they want. I mean, unless it unless this is like a bottle service kind of thing, that that's a little sketchy. That is sketchy. However, these beer towers, I've I've seen these in the past in the US. I, I don't know if um I I don't know if it's the same capacity, but some of you might be familiar. The, the chain of restaurants called Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's a Jimmy Buffett themed restaurant. Uh, probably Jimmy Buffett owned chain of restaurants too. Uh, and I distinctly remember when there was one in this area. They had beer towers there. Again, I don't know the capacity of it. But they'd bring it to the table full of beer. And then you could you know top yourself up. Uh, I never thought there was particularly a problem with this. It's really not unlike uh, pitchers of beer. Uh, Of course, if you go into my history, okay, you can see the problem there. But let's digress with that and assume that these people are going to drink somewhat responsibly and not be drinking Budweiser. Um, I don't see a problem with the beer towers at a table. Um, Fill it to a certain level. I mean, maybe, maybe what they do, you know, say... Say you have four people at the table. It's like, okay, well, you know what? This is the maximum that I can uh, put in this right now, and if you end up wanting more, you will have to, you know, you know, check with me, and you'll know, have to make sure you're not, you know, drunk off your ass. Um, because what the hell happens if you know one guy walks in and orders a beer tower? Uh, not a particularly good idea. There, it might be a good time if you're bowling like me, but. Then you end up in the ER. <laughs> so I, I I I don't know. It I think this is a a more Australian thing because I have I'm certain I have seen these beer towers in the U S. and I never thought there was any kind of problem with them. But um um I don't know. It I I, I might have to look up some more info on that. There there are no uh. Doesn't look like there are any comments or anything on this article that might shed more light into it. But it is it is interesting that there is a problem with that. I'd say the spirits are a bigger problem, um, potentially filling filling it with uh, filling it with cocktails. That I could potentially see as a problem too, depending on the strength of said cocktails. And it, it, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough thing to regulate. So I think you'd want to keep it with beer maybe um, once you start getting into the spirits and you start getting into the wine and everything that uh, seems seems like there could be a problem there possibly well one, one more thing I will cover before the break um, I'm typically not a big fan of New Year's I know a lot of you are uh i i have not been to a honest to goodness new year's party in a very very long time the the last one i remember going to it was wow i mean my my wife and i we had maybe been dating for a couple of years at that point so we're looking at maybe like 9 years ago something like that it was at a coworker's apartment of hers uh, we spent the night playing board games. I mean, I I don't even remember if I was drinking at all or not. Um, and you know, it it was it was a very it was a very uh kind of I don't know it was a very adult uh, restrained party. I know in in the past I had been to some New Year's parties where. You know there were there were drinking games going on. There was Jägermeister flowing around. You know somebody undoubtedly would puke in the sink or in the backyard or in the sink and in the backyard. Um, you know I, I, there was a New Year's party many 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 years ago, back when I was still in Michigan, and I, I don't even think I don't even think I was actually drinking this night, but somehow I woke up on a pool table. I guess I was so tired at some point that I fell asleep on a pool table, or I fell asleep on a couch, and I was so tired that I got moved to the pool table and didn't notice. Um, that was a that was a strange party, and uh, there was a hookup with a girl that I had known for years, and we dated for like a month after that. and It was a really bad idea, and one of those kind of things, and yeah. So, uh. Eh. I don't, I don't I don't. have a good feeling about New Year's parties these days. It just it doesn't do it for me. I mean, I'm in bed by 10. You know, that that is probably going to be the case. I mean, I know the, the Red Wings are playing the Devils in Detroit tomorrow night. Um, since I'm going to be able to get a local broadcast for it, I'll probably sit and watch it. I'll be up until the end of that game if I'm still awake and I haven't drank myself into a stupor. Maybe I'll play some Dragon Age before I go to bed, but I ain't watching no fucking ball drop. I ain't going to be up for no fucking toast or whatnot. God damn it, little Matt. Um, and you know what? The, the waking up on a pool table was probably a couple years after that because I think I was out of high school by that point. Just saying. Um, that picture, I was like 15 or 16, uh, and if you're not in the chat, you, you've seen the fucking picture of me all gothed out. And no matter how many times I swear that this was actually for Halloween one year and that I did not genuinely dress like that every day, no one will ever fucking believe it. Yes, I did wear eyeliner a little bit more frequently than just Halloween, and I had my nails painted black pretty much every day of the fucking year, but I did not dress up in all black and, you know, jewelry and everything all year. So, you know, it's it, it's the little things. It's, it, you know, it's the little parts of the package it wasn't the whole got th- Ugh, i'm just digging myself deeper and i um little mad also said, I'm talking to the beer tower uh, what's the difference between a beer tower and just ordering six poured beers whilst eating out it's just more convenient yeah it, it it's more convenient it's it you know allows the servers to serve you better i suppose um, it's i think less mess at the table then a bunch of pitchers or something like that, or a bunch of empty glasses that they haven't been able to pick up and shit like that. So I don't know. I don't see a problem with Beer Tower. But anyway, uh, New Year's traditions, blah 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 blah. I mentioned the toast. And NPR actually had a interesting article, and this was from actually a couple years ago, but still applies. Entitled Why We Toast, Uncorking a New Year's Tradition. Of course they have to go kind of punny there the act of toasting feels natural you lift your arms in affirmation and drink in honor of an occasion or a loved one it's what millions will do this week as they ring in the new year but why? like shaking hands or saluting toasting is a habit with incredibly foggy beginnings so we here at the salt decided to dig into it for the sake of science and I have always kind of been been curious about that and and, and typically when, when you think of a toast it does have to do with some sort of alcoholic beverage it never quite feels Right, when you're toasting and you have a glass of water, something feels off about it for some reason. Even if it's you know just soda or you know, God forbid, a can of soda instead of a glass of soda or something like that. Just something feels off about it. So to continue here in the article, there's a thin line between history and folklore. It says historian Paul Dixon, <laughs> Dixon. He should know. He wrote a book called. uh toasts over 1,500 of the best toast sentiments, blessings, and graces, but toasting definitely goes back to the ancient world. So, this actually does get genuinely interesting. Uh, Ulysses drank to the health of Achilles in the Odyssey, he says, and in Rome, drinking to someone's health was so important that the Senate demanded that all diners drink to their emperor, Augustus, before every meal. Almost every culture, Hebrews, Egyptians, Persians, Saxons, Huns, had a pledging of honor with a glass but it wasn't always called a toast. This is what really kept me with this article and kept me interested. The term didn't come about until the late 17th century, and I swear to God, this sounds like a uh, Daki weeds fun fact. It's fun. It's a fact. Uh. Um, In the same way you throw a lime in tequila, it was customary to plop a piece of toast or crouton in a drink think of it as an early form of a cocktail snack. Dixon says it may have been a flavoring device. The practice was common and virtually anything found floating in a drink was referred to as toast. Very strange. But you never you never really think of the the etymology of the word toast in terms of clinking glasses and you know or just raising your glass and what that means. Um red really on crack. The drinking age in America really must get lowered, they'll make less of an ass of themselves and yeah, drinking age lowered to 12, good population control. Thank you, little Matt. Well, I've already had two kids, so fuck that. <laughs> um, or- the origins of the clink, what I just mentioned. Um, Dixon says that toasting flair didn't popularize until the early days of Christianity. This is another thing that kind of makes sense. Many believed the bell-like noise would drive off the devil. Which was most dangerous in times of drinking and reveling, but that's just one theory. Another legend contends, and I I rather like this one, that by adding the clink, toasters could get the greatest pleasure from a drink, Dixon says. Before the clink, toasts only satisfied four of the five senses. So you're getting to see the drink, you're getting to feel the drink, get to taste the drink, you're getting to smell the drink. But you're not getting to, quote, hear the drink. Uh Aha. But there is still a third theory. Dixon said his research can't confirm or deny this one, but many believe the clinking of glasses began as a way for nobles to avoid being poisoned. The tale goes that the clank would slosh liquid from one drink to the other, reassuring the guest that his or her drink was safe and untouched. So when you're clinking the glasses together... Some of your drink is intermixing, and it will, if you know, if yours is poison, well, suddenly theirs is poison. So, uh, kind of kind of an interesting, interesting thought there. Um, then it kind of goes into some toasting traditions. The Irish would tend to recite blessings, young Englishmen in the 17th century would toast sour drinks to profess their love. Um, the practice called for men to show their affection for a woman by stabbing themselves in the arm mixing their blood in their wine and drinking to the lady in question. I put this out to Mitch show your love to sherry stab yourself in the arm mix your blood in her wine and drink to her and uh, I don't know Th- there could be some legality with this but hey if, if Mitch wants to do that and uh, video you know video it and put it up on YouTube, think that would get at least a few hits in scotland it was customary to drink sparingly during the meal and then bring in a large punch bowl filled with whiskey hot water and sugar after dinner the drinking sometimes lasted eight to ten hours good old scots then as for early americans they adopted the tradition of toasting quite readily but their ritual was largely directed to america as a patriotic gesture oh here we go with the jingoistic bullshit again they toasted to the new republic and the experiment of democracy um let's see and that uh yeah toast have evolved into something of a verbal souvenir it's something you take home with you as a sort of remembrance of that time so that is that is the history of toasts. the name toast actually does have something to do with toast it's uh pretty interesting and, uh... Black on crack has an interesting thing to say. He always clinks with the bottom part of the glass. And, you know, I, I, I think I have more of a tendency to do that, too. I'm, I'm always afraid that somebody is going to clink my top part of the glass too hard and it's going to s- snap it off. You know, and it's going to waste my drink. And there's just going to be a shard of glass sitting in there. Regarding the mixing blood with wine... A uh, Little Bad says I wouldn't put it past Mitch and Sherry. You know they mix deer's blood with their beer. And it probably tastes absolutely delicious, right?
2: Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin Show! Oh, hey! hey, hey. hey it's the name down. of the show, hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? <laughs> because I'm
1: kinda drunk for this That's shit, nuts! Download past episodes at radio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at NLR underscore alcohol. I find your drunkenness very unappealing. I
2: am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast?
0: I ain't never made it through a whole episode ask mr
2: owl mr owl how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the shy kids podcast let's find out a one a two a three three how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the shy kids podcast the world may never know i said three motherfucker the shy kids podcast Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, at morelikeradio.com. we the kids. See right there. It's done. God, it's so deep. Take your hands off my head. No. It hurts. I bet. It's really deep. Are you almost done? Oh, I've been done for a while. What? No teeth. I'm sorry. Nobody likes teethy blowjobs. You know what? <sighs> what? We should do this every week. Do what every week? DV podcast. Oh, sure, right. When is it? Fridays at 8 Eastern. Fridays at 8 Eastern? Yeah. On morelikeradio.com? It is. Cool. Can you download it on iTunes? Of course. Just look up DV. 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 Hey, smokers. You stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Saturday's noon. East. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Holly, Holly, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Holly, I'm outside right now. It's uh, Ollie, it's uh, it's really blowing hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at?
0: Are you in Antarctica?
2: <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Holly. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. This shit. <laughs> oh God, oh, Danny Danny this I just want to say that this snowstorm is a bunch of fucking bullshit out <laughs> I'm gonna let you go back in the house, Rorschach, because the sound effect is about to run out.
0: Hey guys, it's Holls from It's All About Me. Join Roach and myself every Saturday from noon to two Eastern Time right here on more like Radio.
2: If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself, and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh, oh I barely touched her. Come <laughs> on. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother! Look at him; he's better than me. Come on, oh. come on, everybody loves me. Oh, I got, I got twins. Come on, oh, let's go, let's go, Home Depot. Come on. come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you. They got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, oh, come on, we're talking over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. <laughs> so if you learn anything from Hippo remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't report the news accurately, we report half of it. Whatever, it's still news, so fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com.
0: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL48. That's D E A L 48 at adamandeve.com.
2: You know, the way the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know. And now people know that we're Irish. (laughs) And now people know that we're all shite at accents as well. (laughs) But I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries?
1: Where are you going for?
2: Well, name-check every country on the show. That way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. very birdie. To the Italians? Papa Poopy. Papa to poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? Hey, hey, Amen. Uh Spain? <laughs> <laughs> uh Singapore? Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Australians? dum Dundalk. No. You big loop are you? No, that sounds That's like an or something. <laughs> That's right. We never slag off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW review. All Irish, all racist. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after (laughs) lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. (laughs) I can't believe. I then (laughs) then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming. And I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my ass. I kept taking the the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, (laughs) making it feel like it was a huge cum. Listen to Dutch and Royce live, Tuesdays from 10 to midnight, only on morelikeradio.com. Hey, you. Yes. You guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in a more like Radio Live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. Right there on the right, stupid.
1: The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah! My liver! My liver! New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week, too. Mm, your ideas are intriguing
2: to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter.
1: Subscribe now at youtubecom MLR alcohol by volume.
2: Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A tub of blood stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Yes. Hey, Bob Ross, how's painting going? Going absolutely fantastic, Schmidt, because everything is easy when you are a battleship invading the Bay of Success. <laughs> what? I have here Schmidt's New Year's resolutions from 2007. Oh, okay. please read on. Read my favorite one. Stop pursuing Caroline. Mm. She's Nick's girl. Deal with it. Wow. Deal with it. She's my girl. Okay, where would you find that? Do not uh, ever stop reading <laughs> this. Young and drunk. Were you too drunk to begin the search for the cocoon? Good. <laughs> that will one day release your butterfly. Okay, oh, you know, it does
0: not say that one. Yeah. That's Come number on. three.
2: <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Maybe I just got bored painting over your interplanetary ass dojo is my favorite. Find out where Winston gets his sparkle and then steal it. Oh. You're gonna steal it.
1: Welcome back to... <sighs> alcohol by volume. I'm fucking blind after I clicked on a link from little Matt in the chat. Jesus fucking Christ. Ugh. Let's just say it was a guy with a turkey baster. I don't need to see that again. Definitely not as hot as Mitch made it sound during the break. Not at all. <sighs> Welcome back to the show. Hour number two. We want to Skype in. Alcohol by volume, all one word. Phone number eight six two three four five seven one two five. That's eight six two alcohol. So we are at that point, final show of twenty fourteen, and I am going to go over my personal favorite beers of the year. I wish I had an echo for that. Beers,
2: beer, beer, of the year. Ah. Uh,
1: It doesn't quite work like that. I don't have my uh, my bullhorn anymore. Otherwise, that would work really well. Now, these beers are all beers that not necessarily came out this year, much like uh, some people on MLR may have come out this year. Um, But beers that I had for the first time this year. Now, some of them, uh, yes, did come out for the first time this year. Um... But all of them are ones that and I I checked this on Untapped that I had for the first time this year. That's how I found that Sweet Baby Jesus I had had for the first time December fifteenth of last year. So it did not qualify for this year. So um, going down the list, I did a top ten, and then I had kind of some little subcategories, and uh, we'll see we'll see how detailed we get into this uh, depending on time permitting but uh, I don't know. I I think I'll be good. I I, I always seem to manage. Uh, Almost two years doing this show, and I always seem to manage. All right, all right, all right. Um, Little McConaughey there. Number 10, Sierra Nevada Coffee Stout. Uh, Going with the uh, commercial description of it. A cup of joe and a bold beer can thwart the winter cold, so we blended them for the ultimate warmer. Our coffee stout is a fusion of dark roasted malts And rich, cold-brewed coffee for layers of bittersweet, fruity, dark chocolate, and caramel-like flavors. Now, for the purposes of this list, uh, I'm um, going through rate beer links. Because they tend to have the uh, commercial description on there. Um, So, I'm going by their ratings. uh, And they they go out of a a 100 rating, too. Overall, 98. And for the style, they give it a 99. Pretty impressive right there. Um, It's a winter beer. Uh, 6.2% ABV. At current, it is only available in their uh, snow was it snow pack variety pack I believe it's called uh, that comes with pale ale, porter, and boomerang IPA, along with the coffee stout. Whether or not they are going to be offering it in six packs, don't know. They would be stupid not to because this is one of the best beers that they've got. Uh, it's a solid, solid coffee stout. I had it for the first time at the Big Brew Beer Fest in Morristown uh, a few months ago. And uh, wasn't expecting it to be there. It was something I had been looking forward to, but I had been looking forward to finding it on the shelf. When I tried it there, I, I knew that I had not overhyped it and that it is just a solid, solid, perfect example of, of the style of a coffee stout, so that's my number ten for the year. Uh, little Matt says PBR wins his beer of the year. Well, considering what you get down there in Australia, you know, you know might might actually be the case there. Um, and you know, honestly, I, I wish I wish I knew, like, with with the, with the scores that uh, Rate Beer gives, it, it's kind of interesting. This next one has a ninety-three overall, basically saying overall it is a really good beer. But it has a 54 for the style. So maybe it's saying that it's average for the particular style. But overall, as a beer, it's really, really good. And maybe that's lending more to the style, saying the style in general is really good too. Um, Number nine, Rodenbach Flanders Red. Now, this one I kind of tag along with their Grand Cru and their uh, Caractere Rouge which the latter I had at, again, that same festival in the VIP section. And it was pretty much the one beer in the VIP section that uh, made the VIP ticket worth it. Uh, Commercial description. Bottle filtered. A blend of 75% young beer fermented in steel tanks and 25% old beer aged two years in large oak casks. Rodenbach bears the proud title of, quote, the most refreshing beer in the world. It's a sour uh, Flanders Red, and I find it to be one of the more affordable sours out there. I believe for a six-pack, or, you know, a box, they basically have it in a box of six, at least around my area, it's seventeen ninety nine For a sour and getting, you know, six, 12-ounce or 11.2-ounce or however they, however they do it with those, um getting that for 1799 that's actually a pretty good deal considering that you're getting uh, like a 750 milliliter of something from the brewery which yes are fantastic you know tired of darkness and things like that but you're looking at 22 uh, 25 30 bucks on that um, so I, I think for 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 um, for affordability for your dollar amount, Rodenbach, I think, is the best Flanders Red you're going to find out there. Um, there there may be other better ones, but they hit your wallet a lot fucking harder. And honestly, I ones that I've had, I wouldn't say they're that much better than Rodenbach. Um, the Grand Cru is a step above the Flanders Red, but it's pricey, so it didn't quite hit my cut there. Um, this is more accessible for that. Um, if you want somebody that is curious about sours, but they don't want to spend a shitload of money, uh, my my local liquor store has Rodenbach in the Build a Six selection. So even if they just want to try one bottle of it, this is a perfect way to do it for them. Um. Okay, let's see here. Number eight. Okay, this is this is one of the you know kind of brewery exclusive ones. This is one that I picked up uh, a couple. Uh, four-packs at the brewery. Actually, a few of them, because I know I sent uh, I sent some cans out to uh, White-Ass Brent and to uh, Scrambler. This is from Carton Brewing, Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. I talk about them all the time, obviously. This is one of their summer beers. 3.9% ABV. It is Monkey Chase the Weasel Berliner Weisse. Uh, it is a uh, mulberry sour And go into the commercial description for this one the backyard of our brewery has a mulberry tree that drops its fruit in the first days of summer we moved into our building during early summer 2011 and their building's fucking awesome Uh, tracking a bright purple path through our new home with every laden step it was then we decided if mulberry was going to get that deep into the brewery it should probably get into a beer as well stealing a process from Berliners We let the lactics in a wheated mash sour up to a green apple-slash-lemon level, accentuating the bright side of the mulberry profile. The barley of the malt bill is light continental two-row, its kernel's nuttiness playing to the softer, fruity component of the berry's flavor, keeping the beer from flying too close to bright. Meant for quaffing when there is no reason to avoid direct sunlight on balmy summer days, drink monkey chase the weasel because there is more sun than moon at the top of summer. Uh, it's, it's a nice, nice, refreshing alcohol level. Very sessionable. Um, Berliner Weiss tend to be on the lower end of alcohol anyway. I know like, uh, the brewery's Hottenroth. Um, I want to say that one was like maybe a three one. Um, I've had some though that are a little bit higher. I think, uh, River Horses was at least four or five. So, but it tends to be more sessionable. This one was only available in cans at the brewery. They did not distribute it out to stores. As far as I know, I believe it was only available at the brewery, and I managed to, to get some uh, get some cans of it, and it, it did not disappoint. Uh, you know me. I love my sours, and this one I was very, very pleased to get it. Um, I, 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 and I can't wait to see what new, new ones they come up with next that I, again, have to drive an hour and a half to the brewery for, but it... Uh, Usually ends up worth it, and, and Carton gets a lot of their beers on tap at the growler stations here too. So that was number eight. Number seven was actually one that I got in a growler. It's a brewery that we probably all know, but this is not necessarily a beer that you may be familiar with because it was a special one-off beer. And again, I, this this could potentially fall into the too-cool-for-the-room section of it but we all know the brewer um and if i was able to get this at a growler station other people were too i'm i'm not that fucking cool that i can you know get the rare shit number seven this from left hand brewing it is their beer Week sauce also just known as weak sauce but uh commercial description for this one coffee porter released for colorado beer week 2011 now that's kind of interesting that it was 2011, but I, I had this in 2014, so I, I don't necessarily know uh... oh, you know what, okay um, it was on Nitro at the brewery for Great American Beer Fest 2014, so I guess they've uh, they've been, okay they created it in 2011, and it's kind of been made as a one-off each time since, in honor of Craft Beer Weeks all around the US, the left hand uh, created a special one-off beer called Beer Week Sauce Porter American style porter contains a fair amount of coffee, which is just the thing that You'll need to keep going through this week. It was it was a really nice, uh, roasty coffee porter, but it wasn't a heavy porter. There there are some of those porters that really approach stout in terms of the heaviness. Um, this this one I would I would love to see this one pop up in a growler station again because it was just really good. Uh, rate beer has it ninety seven overall ninety nine for the style, so that kind of gives you an idea. Um, I, I, I run into more luck with stouts than I do porters, it seems. Um, but it's kind of funny, because, let's see, uh, one, got one stout, two stout. Um, yeah, you know what, I think only one, this is the only porter on this list, if that gives you, uh, you know what, I take that back. The next one is actually a porter, too, I believe. So, um, but... Left, left hand is solid with uh, their milk stout. They do a damn good job with that, so I'm not surprised that this was equally fantastic. It's it's a one-off for beer week, basically. Um, but if you're able to find this at a growler station, because really that's the only way, I, they don't bottle this. In fact, the image they use on rape beer is of a growler, a left-hand brewing growler for it. If you're able to find this, get a fill of it. If you like a porter, if you like coffee, you're not going to be disappointed. Really, really good. Uh, Let's see here. Number six. Uh, Like I said, it's a porter. Evil Genius Purple Monkey Dishwasher. This is a porter, and this is a chocolate peanut butter porter. Not unlike Sweet Baby Jesus. This is probably Sweet Baby Jesus notwithstanding the best of the bunch uh i like it more than terrapin i like it more than horny goat um and not a lot of people are doing uh chocolate peanut butter porters yet but there have been the handful popping up again dewclaw is still the best of the bunch but i had my first dewclaw last year so uh that it doesn't count this year and i'm actually very curious um really quick i'll bring up another tab for rape beer but they give it an overall of a 73 for the um, the beer itself, 54 for the style. I'm kind of curious how they rate Sweet Baby Jesus in comparison to that, because it wouldn't surprise me if the numbers were very similar on that. Um, and God damn it. Duclaw has varieties of Sweet Baby Jesus that I, they've since been retired that I wish I could have tasted. There's a banana variety, a coconut, Grand Marnier, raspberry, Snickers. Oy. Um Okay, you know what? Sweet Baby Jesus, overall ninety four, style ninety five. So I'm I'm kind of surprised that Purple Monkey Dishwasher is rated so lowly. Um, it's not it's not horrible, but it's definitely not rated as high as uh, SBJ. So, but uh, the description on here. Who doesn't love chocolate and peanut butter? We begin with a robust and delicious porter and infuse it with chocolate and peanut butter using a secret method concocted by Evil Genius. Sweet malts transition into busting flavors of natural peanut butter and chocolate. This beer is sure to leave you wanting more. Um, Next is SBJ. This one was probably the one with the best balance of the chocolate and peanut butter that I had tasted. Uh, Terrapins, if I remember correctly, had... Too much on the chocolate side. Horny Goat had too much on the peanut butter side, and uh, it, it it's tough. It's tough to get that that balance of those two flavors. Um, I mean, shit. Even even Reese's now. I, I think in recent years their peanut butter hasn't been as good. It hasn't blended as well with the chocolate. It's been more of a greasy peanut butter than the flaky kind of peanut butter it used to be. And it it's it's a tough flavor profile to mess with, and The ones that get it right get it really right. The ones that don't, they still make an okay beer, but it just misses the mark. Uh, Number five on this one. This is one I've been raving about for a while, too. Um, Overall, 91 on Beer Advocate, 90 for the style. This is Anderson Valley's Highway 128, the Kimmy, the Yink, and the Holy Goza. The refreshing tartness in this divine, bright, golden-colored ale gives way to earthy undertones and hints of citrus, followed by a slight sea salt-like dryness and tangy, effervescent finish. Uh, 4.2% ABV on this one. It's downright sessionable, but every single can of this I open, it's very foamy. Um, it's, it just it just seems to be a very active beer. I don't know why. One interesting thing, that the place I initially discovered it at, the liquor store by my work... Uh, it's 8.99 for a six pack. I find that to actually be a really good price for something as good as this. Uh, the liquor store that I picked up my boat beer from, however, they actually stock it there now. 11.99 for a six pack. Ooh, what the fuck? So makes me glad that I can still consistently find it at that other liquor store because I should not have to pay an additional three dollars. Um, in in recent months, I've I've talked on end about the Goza style. Um, if if you like sour beers, you will probably like the Goza. If you like salt, you will probably like the Goza style. Um, and it, it's, it's a style that was almost dead and got brought back from the dead. It's a very refreshing beer. Um, I probably wouldn't find it as refreshing or as comforting during the winter months now but it in terms of a spring summer fall beer spot on it's just a a very light nicely carbonated flavor and just that right perfect amount of pucker in there very very good just that right amount of saltiness at the back end I mean I, I I reviewed this on the YouTube channel and You've seen what I've had to say about this beer, and I've said it enough on the show too. I mean, it's only the second goza I've had i've I've been trying to find more examples of the style, but just nothing distributed around here. I, I know um ah, fuck was it? Um it's not Terrapin. It is hop and Frog. They are supposed to have one out or they were supposed to have one out. And I have not seen it. You know, I should actually look on uh, beermenus.com to see if it actually has shown up anywhere near me. Uh, that that actually is a great resource for finding certain beers in your area. Uh, beermenus.com. If you know you type in a beer, it will say you know what the closest store that has inventory of it is around you, and. In my experience, it does actually tend to be pretty accurate. Um, and, and certain ones, it'll say, oh, a thousand miles away. Like, oh, okay, I obviously don't get it in my area. Uh, number four. We are rounding up on this list, and uh, I think my my time's going good here. I think I'm working okay with this. Yes, little Matt, of course. I would love to have a salty beer. Oh, yeah. Not enough gay on the show, right? Um, I'm surprised at the low overall score on this one, but... I don't know there there seems to be I don't know some some unfounded hate for this brewery sometimes and I don't understand it. I've I've seen it on Reddit. I don't know. And any any internet community is I don't know, they're going to have their strong likes and dislikes and there are going to be certain certain groups, certain people, certain properties that will you know bear the brunt of that. But number 4 for me is Shipyards Gingerbread Head Um, I, I I was going through a lot of like the seasonal kind of beers that I had on my list over the year and this was the one that really jumped out to me. I mean, if, if I bought a six pack of something more than once, that is a very good sign for me that I do genuinely like it. Um, there are times I will buy a six pack once and I will enjoy the beer, but I'll never really think about it again. It's kind of a, I'm glad I tried it, I liked it, but I want to try other things now. With Gingerbread Head, it was, once I finished the last bottle of my first six-pack, I, I instantly wanted to go out and get another six-pack, because I enjoyed it that much. I want another six-pack of it right now. Um, I don't think I saw any in my local liquor store. Um, plus, my wife would be killing me if I just kept buying six-pack after six-pack after six-pack, and... I mean, I got the room in my fridge, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I actually had practically emptied my fridge. Uh, it was as recently as a few days ago. Um, in fact, I think it was maybe maybe the day after Christmas it was practically empty. With the exception of a couple things that I'm aging. Uh, rum barrel, uh, pumpkin, the enjoy after um, 10, 31, 15, the stone IPA, and then... Uh, beer that I'm holding on to for a uh, for a review for the next well not next review I gotta uh, well you know what I'll, I'll I'll clue you guys in that are listening live uh, there there should be a new review hopefully popping up tomorrow morning a rare midweek review and then you know another one on Saturday and then uh, perhaps another midweek one I don't know we'll we'll find out on that but anyway back to back to uh, gingerbreadhead. Shipyard Brewing announces the release of Shipyard Gingerbread Head Ale. This new winter beer is full body with a smooth malt character accented with ginger, cloves, and cinnamon. What started as a project to develop a ginger-flavored beer evolved into Shipyard Gingerbread Head, said Bruce Forsley, vice president of sales and marketing for Shipyard Brewing Company. The warm flavors of molasses and brown sugar complement the flavors of uh, Munich and chocolate malt. Brewer Pete Hegemon arrived at the perfect winter beer, spicy and rich, just like a gingerbread cookie. And uh, Bolero Snort's gingerbread one, or ginger uh, ginger bowl cookie, was close. Very, very close. Wasn't quite gingerbread head, but it was so close. Um, Those those two beers show what a gingerbread beer can be. Um, God damn it. There was a, um, a UFO... Gingerland, I think that I had, which was okay. Um, if my only exposure to gingerbread beer before had been Merrymaker Maker from Sam Adams, um, I would have just thought that a a de- really delicious gingerbread beer was an impossibility. Uh, that that is one beer where Sam Adams has just missed the mark. And I I've had it a couple times. I actually got it again this season, thinking maybe I just my maybe my palate wasn't evolved enough. To really pick up on it, but no, it just it it, it 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 didn't have it, didn't have it. Gingerbread Head has it, and it's downright sessionable too. It's a four point six percent ABV, um, very 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 easy to just drink right through those. Number three, um, it is a brewer that i I mentioned from time to time. I've had a few different different ones of their beers, um, and actually. Um, Shit, now that I think about it, didn't I have... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think I was talking about it last week. I had a Star Hill um, Snowblind, along with uh, uh X8 Spiced Winter Warmer. Well, this is a different one from Star Hill, and back when I had gotten this in a growler, I had mentioned this all over the place, and I did at some point get a bottle of it, too, when the growlers were no longer available. Let me take a sip here, because my throat is starting to go this is Star Hill Little Red Roostar coffee cream stout it's a sweet stout it's got a nice again close to sessionable ABV at 5.4 Star Hill's Little Red Roostar coffee cream stout is a full bodied milk stout brewed with coffee from our friends at Red Rooster Coffee Roasters in Floyd, Virginia Malt sweetness, chocolate, and caramel notes dominate the flavor, while roasted coffee notes add balance and round out the aroma. This was just the the perfect amount of coffee flavor in a sweet stout. There wasn't that, that inherent coffee bitterness that you get in some coffee stouts. Sometimes, Sometimes that's a good thing. In a sweet stout you don't necessarily want that front and center and that wasn't the way they did this one they, they made this one the perfect amount of sweetness and the bitter just kind of falls back a bit which is perfect um i i, I want to say I've, I've seen this on shelves recently and i'm kind of kicking myself that i i haven't picked up another bottle recently so i got to keep my eyes open for this one again because that, that one is a, a, a very, very... It's a great sweet stout right alone there. You add the coffee in, and it's fantastic. Rate beer, they give it an 89 overall. For the style, they give it a 79. So I think those are pretty pretty solid uh, solid numbers right there. Uh, number two. This is another one, and this was one of my early um, YouTube reviews. This is... Actually, this one does not have... A uh, score listed at all uh, because there are not enough ratings for it yet. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, there are only let's see, it's only seven ratings for it, so they don't have enough for an aggregate here. This is from Newberg Brewing Company out of Newberg, New York. It is a sour wild ale, Newberg Cafe Sour. Now, I actually didn't find this out until right now. The cafe part of it refers to, it's an acronym for coffee acquired from Ethiopia. Makes sense. Uh, Cafe Sour brings a new twist to the already popular world of coffee beers. Ooh, made with beautiful Ethiopian Oh god, I'm gonna fuck up this word. Irgichef perhaps. uh, Provided by Plowshares Coffee Roasters in Hilburn, New York. It has an overall Ethiopian theme. Whole grain teff and gesho leaves were used. Two ingredients indigenous to Ethiopia we wanted to push the boundaries of creativity. Since Teff is used in sourdough bread, we thought, why not make a sour beer? The end product results in a truly unique coffee-inspired experience. 5.2% ABV, light in color and body, with an earthy flavoring from the coffee that blends wonderfully from the sour beer. Yes, it is a coffee beer. It is a sour beer. And you know how I mentioned uh, how Little Red Rooster Star did not have that that bitter coffee up front. This one did not either, and in fact, they pushed the coffee really to the background. It's not too subtle. You definitely get the flavor there. the The sour is more prominent, and the coffee is almost an aftertaste, but not quite. It, it, it's it's more upfront than that. It is probably one of the strangest combinations in a beer that i've had um and and there are some other ones like there, there, there's one i've got in a um uh, in another kind of category coming up really quick um that you know was was a different combination i mean you can get your spicy beers you get your you know oh let's add rosemary oh let's let's add this you know rare berry and you know stuff like that but it, this this seemed to be the blending of an element from a completely different style, you know, porter or stout, into a sour. And it worked amazingly. And I, I wish I could find this again. Um, I got it via Growler. I don't think they bottled this. Um, well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Um, the reviews here, somebody from Toronto, Ontario, they had a bottle. Uh, let's see. Somebody in New Jersey had it on draft. Hoboken in New Jersey, they had it on draft. Uh, Manhattan draft, Toronto. They don't say uh, Newark in New Jersey, a Growler. Uh, Poughkeepsie draft. So, um, yeah, I mean, ugh, if this if this one comes around again, I'm, I, I'm, I am, I am tempted to. I am tempted to contact them to see if they are planning on brewing that again and when because it was just that unique a beer. It's a style I've never seen before. And it probably would have been number one if not for this one, which is my complete white whale at this point. I've had a taste of it once and have yet to have it again. Number one, with an overall score on rate beer of 95, but 100 for the style. It is a cream ale. It clocks in at 12% ABV. It is a high one, but it does not even taste like it. It is carton brewing regular coffee. I had it at the Big Brew Beer Fest in Morristown closer to the beginning of the year, uh, what is it, the february or march one i think of february because there's one coming up this february and i'm still not sure if i'm going yet um wow uh they don't have a commercial description on here but i know that carton uh regular coffee they 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 have a good description on it um oh shit you know what? maybe beer advocate has the description because they, they they do it justice. Here we go. A classic Jerseyism is regular coffee. Here, when you order a regular coffee at any place you trust to make a pork roll and cheese, you get a paper cup of coffee with quote milk and two sugars rather than a black coffee that hasn't had the caffeine removed. Acidic bitter coffee flattened by milk and sweetened, the perfect foil for the salty, unctuous savor of breakfast on a roll. For our homage to Jersey's breakfast beverage, we teamed up with our neighbors at Fairmount Coffee Roasters, looking for an elevated version of classic crappy coffee. We chose Mexican Chiapas for its bitterness akin to artichoke, roasting it a little darker than usual, along with Ethiopian Sadamo for its pleasant lemon-like acidity, which we pushed up through fermentation. We added this coffee blend to a high-gravity golden cream ale, contributing our, quote, milk into sugars. Drink regular coffee because running over a black beer with coffee is no way to get to work. This is the... The, the pinnacle of coffee beers for me. Again, it did not taste at all like a twelve percent beer. They, the the flavor they went for, they nailed it. They absolutely fucking nailed it. Um, and it's weird. the The flavor they were trying to nail was, you know, crappy generic coffee. That doesn't mean it's a crappy beer though. That that flavor profile for some reason is just very comforting and it, to imbue that into a beer and do it so successfully and to hide the alcohol level so well too that you don't really sense okay one of the um one of the reviews on rate beer hits it just like I did too um i just did a double take and let's see this is philly craft on um on rate beer um I think that's the user. Yeah, okay. Um, I just did a double check and realized the alcohol percentage must be a misprint. This tastes like five to six percent. Most dangerous beer I've ever tried since I started drinking crafts a good seven to eight years ago. Um, and if yeah, I this guy actually reminded me of something too. Uh, when they poured it at the festival, it needed to settle, kind of like a Guinness. Um, this guy's review spot on. Um, aromas and flavor are authentic coffee roast, buttercream icing, grains and vanilla bean. The color and body of this is awesome for all the Java flavor you get. It th- This is one that if you're not in Jersey, you're likely not going to find it. I still cannot find it, but this is the one I was talking about that it has been rumored that Carton may be offering it in cans this coming year. They have a label design for the can that has been approved. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be released like that. But if it is, I'm driving down to the goddamn brewery to get a shitload of it. I am filling my goddamn fridge with this stuff. And the shame of it all, I mean, they had the label for a 12 ounce can, so the shame of it all is that a twelve ounce can is gonna be three hundred and sixty calories or they about at a click for me. <sighs> So if they do can this uh, uh, there's going to be a, there's going to be a battle between uh, Fat Kev and Running Kev. Let's just say that. And uh, hopefully Running Kev can outrun Fat Kev. Uh, so a few a few more kind of kind of honorable mentions here. Um best IPAs that I've had this year. Angry Eric Viva Verde. It is actually a jalapeno IPA. I had this at the last festival I went to the Big Beer Brew Fest. In Morristown, New Jersey, um, and um, it, they when they poured the IPA, they actually put a little slice of jalapeno in there too. I don't think that necessarily affected the flavor um, terribly. If it did, it was a neat trick, but it it had just the right amount of spice in there. Um, it, it wasn't an overly bitter IPA and it was it was a, the, the spice paired beautifully with that IPA flavor profile. It actually, it reminded me a little bit of when I've had IPAs and I've mixed my habanero brew salt into it along with maybe a little bit of lime brew salt, too. Um, if you're interested in brew salt, brewsalt.com. Check them out. It, I, I still, my, my, my brew salt containers are still mostly full. Um, and honestly, it is because a lot of the time I forget I have them there because I don't drink in this room except on Tuesdays. Um but, brew salt's good. Brew salt's fucking awesome. And it, but uh, the Viva Verde reminded me of like the adding of the uh, habanero minus the salt element of it. Uh, and then uh, the other best IPA this year, Stone's Enjoy by Ten Thirty One Fourteen. Some of the other Enjoy by varieties this year may perhaps have been better, but this is one that I had. This is one that I was able to actually get because I, I um. Let's see, did I get this one in the store? Did my wife get this one for me? Uh, or did I get this? I'm trying to remember. I might have had this one shipped. Or no, maybe she got this. Uh, I don't fucking remember. I think she may have actually gotten this one at the store for me. But Beer has it. overall 100. Style 100. Um, In terms of, like, it, if, if you're not familiar with the Enjoy By IPAs, Stone has made them to not last they are to be drank you know as soon as you can drink it as fresh as you can and it shows in the flavor it is it is a very very good ipa i know people accuse stone of being hype i know they accuse them of you know just over hopping beers and things like that but they're enjoyed by ipas as far as i can tell Very solid from that one that I had. It's a 9.4% ABV. It's not 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 too far up there for an Imperial Double IPA, but if if you're able to get your hands on one and you enjoy IPAs, if you don't if you don't like IPAs, don't even give this a try. If you do like IPAs, it's totally worth it. Uh, Best ciders. I was surprised that this was one I had had for the first time this year. Recorder like strawberry lime. Uh, Recorder Leg is so different than other ciders out there like Angry Orchard and Woodchuck and stuff. It is a a very light cider. Um, Beautiful flavor to it, nice and crisp, very effervescent. And then um, another one I had at a festival, Ace Pineapple Cider. Um, That one just blew me away because it felt to be a very natural pineapple flavor. The local liquor store... Has a cider, but they don't have the goddamn pineapple, and I want the goddamn pineapple. Ugh! Kills me. But, you know, gives me a reason to go to the festivals and hope it's there again, kind of like regular coffee. Um, Best pumpkin beer. I only put one in this category because I was not overly impressed with pumpkin beers this year, and it's Elysian Pumcaccino Coffee Pumpkin Ale. Rape beer has it way up there, overall 99, 100 for the style. Again, it's it's adding coffee to a style that it is not normally added to. Um, and I thought they did a great job with the description on this one. A pumpkin ale with the attitude of a world-weary barista. Punkachino packs a short shot of Stumptown coffee toddy in your pint with a shake of cinnamon and nutmeg. Um, I I think it's damn, damn good. Um, uh, back to the chat here. Oh, yeah, of course, I'm sucking IPA's dicks. Just, just 2014 things. Yes. Uh, I know. It is a sharp contrast from last year on my show. It's weird. It's weird how it changes. I, I, what, what, do you, what do you think is going to be my thing for 2015? I'm very, very, uh, very curious about that. Of course, Mitch, IPA, more like IP. Fucking gross. Um, and little agrees. the strawberry lime for record like definitely their best variety yeah i've i've had i've had all the other varieties that i can get here that the mixed berry the um fuck uh i had the spiced apple which was which was pretty good i'd like to get another bottle of that to um to serve warm to see how that is i think it was a little like a pear one or something i don't remember but the strawberry lime is the best and Mitch uh, volunteers that your thing for 2015 will be penis. Well, uh, judging by the Christmas card that I have on my desk, you are probably entirely right with that. Um, let's see. Th- this this was a category I threw in just for shits and giggles. Um, and I also welcome J5 to the chat. J5 coming up after my show. Uh, best gluten-free beers. I did a gluten-free feature on the show and actually found some that weren't that bad. Um now they're not highly rated on Rate Beer, but what gluten-free beer is um, a couple that I found to actually be passable. If I had to eat gluten-free, if I was celiac, Glutenberg American Pale Ale and Glutenberg russe uh, It's their uh, version of a red. I I thought I thought they were actually okay. Really, probably the best of the best when it like you know the best of the gluten free beers out there really Um, they come out of Montreal um, and they're the closest to actually tasting not only like beer but like the styles that they are trying to approximate little honorable mention in the gluten free beers uh, to Steadfast Pumpkin Spice Ale had this one at a festival and I've actually seen this bottled in the store too I mainly added this because I have not seen any gluten-free pumpkin beers. Um, The the gluten-free beers tend to stick to approximating styles... ...and they really don't go that far beyond that. And I thought this, while in terms of... If I was just rating it as a beer, it would be kind of average. But in terms of a gluten-free beer... It was actually really quite good and hit the flavor marks where it should. Um, and it would be something if I wanted a pumpkin beer and I, I was celiac, uh, this would hit the spot. It would do it. And the last last category, last category, before I get into the uh, few and only a few new releases and reveals for the week that I have for the last bit of 2014, uh, Best Big Beer Offerings. Yes, I am not going to leave... Oh, jeez. Um, I have a phone call coming in. Let's, uh, let's answer this here. Hello? Who is this?
0: Attention. This is not a sales call. You've been referred by a friend or neighbor. You are eligible to receive a free wireless home security system. Oh, my God! There is no cost for equipment or installation, and the system is oh monitored God. 24 hours a day
1: I'm by your so local... i co- Hang up, motherfuckers. Interrupt my show, you motherfuckers! Ah, <sighs> I am not talking about my favorite Elko pop of the year, Little Matt. Although I did actually see when I was at the recycling center, there was a guy that had um a box from DNA alcoholic spring water. I had never seen that before. Um, there was it was very odd, very odd okay sorry (sighs) as you completely destroyed me in the chat I understand Uh, the best big beer offerings I will give some love to the macro brews and these are actually latter part of the year offerings Shock Tops Twisted Pretzel Wheat I did a YouTube review for this and I was pleasantly surprised for it it hit all the right notes in terms of flavor you got that nice breadiness you got a little bit of the saltiness to it it coincidentally mixed really well with the uh, chocolate wheat, the Shock Top uh, chocolate wheat beer that they have. So you get a chocolate covered pretzel kind of feel with that. Uh, it's a limited edition beer that they were touring around at festivals. And I thought it was one of the better Shock Top beers that I've had. And actually, it was one of the, in terms of trying to hit that flavor mark of what they were going for, I thought it was one of the better attempts that I had tasted this year. And then another one, Blue Moon's Cinnamon Horchata Ale. I was disappointed that this is only available in a variety pack. Um, at least in my area, some areas do get it in a six pack. Like my friend Kevin down in Texas, motherfucker, We're always posting pictures of it. Hey, look, I got a six pack. I'm like, God damn it. Um, but again, you know, kind of mid-rated on rate beer. You know, they're not they're not big into the back road brews. But I thought the um, I mean, the, the the cinnamon flavor hit with me. I never had horchata, so I can't really say how accurate that was, but I thought it was a great, great flavor to it. Um, of course, some people on Rape Beer said, for me, this was a pour-down-the-sink, not your throat beer. <sighs> different strokes for different folks. Some folks like penis, and some folks like penis on a girl with big tits. So what can you say? Uh, so, a little bit really quick. The new releases and reveals before we get into uh, my time now with J5. Boulevard Imperial Stout X Chocolate, or I'm sorry, not chocolate, coffee ale. Uh, it is the first new smokestack offering of 2015. It's going to be arriving in February. Let me post an image into the chat here. And uh, wait, are we saying my show's gay? Well, yeah, there is enough talk about penises. Come on. Uh, God damn it. Where's my fucking enter key? Uh, the, 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 the X stands for a key ingredient brewed into each of several limited releases planned throughout the year. This edition was infused with Ethiopian Sidamo coffee from Boulevard's Kansas City neighbor, The Roastery. Lending this robust stout a subtle wine-like smoothness. And it's going to be in 750 milliliter bottles, 11% ABV, and it's going to be a limited release. Uh, Stone has one of their odd year releases already uh, pretty much ready to go. I just don't know specifically when it's getting released. Definitely 2015, though. It's an odd year release for Old Guardian. As I mentioned, odd year release. For those not familiar, Stone tends to put out different variations on uh, Old Guardian and their Imperial Russian Stout in odd year editions, so 2015, 2013, 2011, and so on. Past odd-year odd uh, versions of Old Guardian have included Oak Smoked and Belgo Barley Wine. Uh, so Old Guardian's a barley wine, but this variety is going to kick up the level of hops. 22-ounce bottles arriving sometime in 2015, 10.5% ABV. Uh, I'm trying to think if I've ever, ever even had the regular Old Guardian before. If not, I might have to grab a bottle of the regular and see if I can get the extra hoppy, do a comparison. And then the last bit, um, I'm not going to get into the full-on details with this because I don't think I have any listeners in Hawaii, so this doesn't necessarily apply to us. But uh, Kona Brewing celebrates 21st birthday with an island-only Makana beer series. It's going to be on draft on the island. Um, so if I have any listeners in Hawaii, keep an eye out for that. But otherwise, we are unfortunately not going to see any of that, which kind of sucks. But is what it is there. Um so I suppose that uh, that's 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 the show for the year um, I'm probably going to uh, post the full list of the ABV beers of the year on uh, on the Facebook page facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume and uh, you'll uh, you'll see those up there I don't know maybe I'll make a spiffy image for it like I did last year maybe I'll just get lazy and just uh post links and uh and names so check that out the uh, abv facebook page also which i do still post my youtube videos so i need to do more with that i realize oh, wow. facebook.com slash mlr alcohol by volume on twitter at adiceus edicius at mlr underscore alcohol and on tap you can add me alcohol by volume, all one word also check me out on the christmas special of two fat daleks that actually uh went up live today with Cory and Doc from the Shy Kids and a special appearance from Dean, formerly of the Shy Kids. You can get that on uh, morelikeradio.org or sharktank.com. That's Shark Tank with a C. Coming up next, My Time Now with J5 followed by Dutch and Royce. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy some great beers tomorrow night. I will see you in 2015.